in the heat of Samson, Alabama. A man weighed down by life. Takes it out on his loved ones. Michael, what are you doing, bruh? Charnel, are you dying? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, we're, we are all dying. I mean, that's the theme for Slowly, this, right? Technically. Yeah. Maybe yeah, not. True, There's that true crime. skyjacking thing where. Well, you, you won't let that go? You I've won't never... let me live my best life? <laughs> that was the best episode. Like, I don't even know why you gotta be a hater. I'm not hating. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> People love that. But what show is this? This is What Did You Do and I'm D. It's what? What did you do? There you go. And I'm D. I said that. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's late. And I'm Charnel, and we're back. We've been gone for a while, um, and that's partially my fault, and we're not going to get into it, but we are, because we have housekeeping. Housekeeping. So first off, personal housekeeping. I want to give a personal shout out uh, to Diane. I don't know if she wants us to say her last name, but she's our girl from Norfolk, Virginia. You know who you are. Yes. Um, I don't know. She's a really tall, like, former Marine husband or something. We what? met him at Crime Con. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah. Like, looks, he looks great in like what, the romper I think he was wearing once. I was like, yo, why did your husband pull that out? Are you like hitting on her husband right now? I did that already before. It was fine. She was, <laughs> she was like, yeah, my husband looks great in most things. <laughs> I was like, own it, sis. Do you? Um, but no, she was really sweet. Um, she sent some well wishes and some delicious chocolate chip cookies. Awesome. I won't say what the secret ingredient is that she told me she puts in it. It makes them really good. But it's a legal substance. You looked up like you were confused or concerned. I would have been excited. <laughs> <laughs> See me after the recording. And that is, well, I'm joking. Um, but no, so I was, you, those who were listening to the last episode know that I had a friend who was killed. And so it was, been, it was a tough month. Right. But then my brother was in the ICU. Yeah, like, it's been an over Yeah, clinging to life for like, like two weeks. Yeah. And so that was, it was a really stressful dude. Like I didn't have energy, space, or time right. to sit in front of a mic and, and have a good time. But he right. is now in progressive care, which is a step down. Right. And so blessings on blessings. Blessings and uh, prayers. Right. Prayers and pr- yeah, a lot of people. A lot of you guys really blessings. reached out. Um, like Abby and all of you, like who just reached out and really, really nice. And I can't remember whose name I'm forgetting, but I am forgetting. Oh, I remember by the end of the episode, probably. Yeah, but shout but, out to yeah, all of you. And for I'm, being I'm so hoping kind. for a, a better 2020 for you, because I mean, the first two months were yikes. <laughs> so thank you guys for all again for just being so kind and being so patient. Uh, there's a lot of things I put in the back burner, including my academic career. <laughs> so, <laughs> me, like, this last scrunch hoping that I push through so I don't have to Oh, you anything. didn't, like, drop? You no, why would I beach? drop? Son, I would have to take uh, a break. That's what punks do. I'm a punk. Yeah. All yeah. the way. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for being so patient. Um, anything, like I said, the patrons, I put, it all, I put it on Patreon today that, hey, guys, like, everything's getting sent out tomorrow. I've got things packed up. You're going to get your stuff by the end of the week. Hopefully, I don't, I don't drive the mailbox. Mailbox. But you'll get that. Um, I know I'm recording a couple of welfare checks because me and Dee don't have a lot of time to spend together this week. No. So I'll do some. She'll probably do some on her own at some other point. But we'll yeah. make it work. Yeah. Teamwork will make the dream work. We'll figure it out. Um, shout out to the new patrons we have. I know we didn't mention any last episode. No. no. So shout out to Skylar, Matt hey, Williams, Skylar. who has an awesome name. Uh, Jeremy Ebert. Hey, Jeremy. Right? We don't see many dudes come through. Yeah. But shout out to you. Uh, Next up, Cabrini. Cabrini. Right, who is also a dude, I assume. And you are. (laughs) I've seen you. I'm not assuming anyone's gender. You can't assume. Because I'm woke. It's 2020. And but you are awesome. He's he's very nice. 
Um, and Keith Sardi, who I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Did you say Keith? Key, like K E. Oh, Key. Oh. Yeah. So Hello, thanks for Key. supporting. Um, also, last thing, CrimeCon. Yeah, we're back at it again. Yeah. In Orlando, Florida. Right. So excited to be in Florida. I've got to lose like 300 pounds. I feel like I go, boy, <laughs> listen, I, so, listen, I am at the gym trying to do the best I can for that. Because like, y'all kind of won't catch me slipping like New Orleans. No, Orlando don't get whatever body it gets. So. <laughs> I hope it gets a better body for me. I just go get whatever body I I stay get in it. Florida, but it would be great to meet some of our listeners down there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So stay tuned. Look out for that, uh, that code to get a discount on your standard uh, badges that we're going to be able to give out. Yep. So we're excited to be back and it's going to be a lot of fun and again it's disney world the wizarding world of harry potter and like all the legos and star wars stuff i'm so excited <sighs> we're right. like literally all is down there so i'm over it but well, it like... must be nice to just have things <laughs> yeah. like right like your life's not falling apart like it's just <laughs> way to rub it in I, and what just happened? <laughs> i'm always in florida it's fine i was on vacation lola we're coming for you Guess we're going to a bar called Southern. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know. You need to finally meet her. I've met her twice. Yeah, again, I've always been in Florida. All right. <laughs> wow. So we are. We're gonna take this. Uh, if you can't, if you haven't guessed, or can't read, or maybe the, you covered the title and you just press play. Right, you just you see like the you see the cover art and you just said yes. I'm not gonna. Right? I'm, not gonna I'm here for it. We're covering the story and the crimes of one Michael McLendon. McClendon. Oh, yeah, McClendon so. would be two cents. So well, I'm going to let D drive us, drive the boat, <laughs> sands the tequila or whatever Megan Thee Stallion does. Oh. And we're going we're gonna to get it popping. Yep. So we're doing Michael McClendon, who was born in Wiregrass Hospital, Geneva, Alabama, on September 19th, 1980. Yes. Yes. To Lisa White and Randall West. Um, they were married, but f- just four months after they uh, divorced, I think they were soon divorced, and she met David McLendon um, and married him. Nice. Uh, so David McLendon adopted Michael, and that's why Michael has his last name. So in 1985, he adopted Michael uh, and took on his name, which is McLendon. A nice guy. Sadly, but unfortunately, Lisa and David did not last, though they did also get divorced in 1992. So, so it wasn't that long. Of... Say goodbye. What I found was strange, and I couldn't figure out what happened is, okay, so this guy comes in, takes, you know, you take his last name, your kid takes his last yeah. name, um, but you don't live with them? Because apparently Michael grew up with his aunt and uncle, maternal uncle. Yeah, so one of the things that we were trying to delve through, so we, right. this case is my choice because I've always, I've always interested in it, and then I didn't realize when you go looking for things, if you don't read books, you get stuck, right? And I, I was about to order that book, yeah. but I wasn't sure about the source. Well, that's it that's looked like a issues. screenplay, right? It's one of the issues for me, but also being in school, like I, I have a rule that I usually don't read books unless it's academic related, right? Um, okay, bougie. Look, let's not open that door if you don't want to walk through it. Bougie. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And <laughs> but one of the things, so we looked through like all like the New York Times and like Reuters right. and USA Today and ABC and NBC and WFSB, all these like news articles news written trying to right. figure out what the beginning of his life really looked like, mm-hmm. and from what I would guess. Okay. What I would venture to speculate, mm-hmm. again, allegedly, mm-hmm. um, it's, like, it's just that maybe it happens, because you see this happen a lot, where mom meets a new man, dad meets a new woman, they get along swimmingly in the beginning, goes to, can feel free to adopt the kid, take the last name, and then maybe the kid becomes, quote unquote, a problem, 
Right, and goes to live with Right, and then you, members. like, in order to reserve a relationship instead of prioritizing kids, maybe you move that. It just, sometimes that, that happens, but it could be, like, I don't, I, they never really specified why he would living, why he would live, why he was living with his uh, yeah. maternal uncle. Well, it's, it said race, so it had to be when he was younger he went down right. there, because I didn't know if it was maybe after the divorce with David, she well, was Well, it is after, mom. yeah, he was, he was spent most of the time there, but. But yeah, but like, even, be, it seemed like even before that, he right. was with the aunt and uncle and like i could get after that if she was a single mom trying to figure it out and yeah. okay let's go live with an uncle and auntie who have like things to provide Food for me yeah and money and right but energy regardless for some reason he wasn't necessarily um not much for his childhood um uh, except for his infinity for guns it's <laughs> <laughs> a cool choice word <laughs> it's true but i'm like it's so it's, okay so he has a thing for guns and shooting right but it's also alabama Right, so he does have an affinity for guns, and it is Alabama. So the South so, like, tends to be more endeared to to you know arms and bearing them and such. Right, which is cool. Right, do what you want to do. If it was me, I I would always wanted to learn how to use a bow. But he started what at eleven. Yeah, that's when it really he got his first hunting rifle at eleven. At eleven, so so he was um so he was into it. But also at a very young age, he started really getting into what we know as survivalism. Right, right, like figuring out how to survive, like apocalyptic events or you know what do they call it like acts of god like tornadoes nuclear bombs and that's not an act of god it's men being crazy but right. a man being crazy right. and gender neutral but like i <laughs> but the point is that you know he was doing all these things like how like how much food you need how much water would you need how would you seal this up so he was starting at a young age um and typically when you see young people invent uh, invested in survivalism and it's not through the boy scouts or the cub scouts right. typically it's because some weird sense of paranoia has right. set in somehow right. or instability and we'll talk about that at some point true but he goes on through school having a typical um childhood he was very quiet he was known to be very quiet but um, killed the grades yeah he had a's yeah he was just a, a quiet a quiet kid and he graduated in 1999 so after graduation not, he I had i laughed at that i just realized i was nine years old go ahead your baby i don't know what was i 13 or something yeah old Wow. Anyways, he graduated in 99 and he had um, the aspirations to be in the Marines. Um, But it didn't work out so well. No, basic training. He enlisted. Basic training went (laughs) bad. Um, They discharged him in October of 99. So, say you graduate in like May, May, June. June. By October, he was out um, for fraudulent entry. And they said he just uh, suffered from chronic shoulder dislocations, and he couldn't like he couldn't perform his job. Right. Like you, you thought they thought he was healthy enough to do this position because but... he also like presented himself as right. healthy enough. So that's why they always ask stupid things. Like when I was when I was seventeen, they make you register. I registered to vote, and I also registered for selective service because you have to. Mm-hmm. And as a dude here, just in case the draft comes back. And <laughs> not too far, I but I, uh, <laughs> but no, and I remember them asking questions like at the table and like, Hey man, so, um, asthma. And I'm like, Oh, hundred percent. They're like, they made that noise. And they're like, anything else? I was like, no, it's just asthma and some allergies, bro. And they're like, Hmm, maybe you can work through that. Oh, wow. And then I remember them calling me after I decided I was where I was going to college. And they're like, hey, you're interested in the the Marines, not the Marines, or the Army or whatever. And I was like, I don't know, but I'm like queer and stuff. So they're like, oh, well, we wish you (laughs) best of luck in your future endeavors and just hung up the phone on me. (laughs) 
This is also 2007, before the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell and stuff. Right, right. I was like, I'm super queer. I don't know if you guys are into that yet, but... <laughs> and he's like, she's like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm My bad. Hey, you know what? <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. Won't, won't he do it? <laughs> won't he work it? Won't he will? All right. So, yeah, he had the aspiration of being in the buried's. I can't stop laughing. Why are we so like this? not to like laugh instead of We are like, so bad. Anyways, uh, he had the aspiration, but he, like I said, and um, his captain uh, wrote that he needed to improve his physical strength and confidence, and it also appeared that he wasn't mentally sharp, which is interesting because you had all A's. Right. So, so there's, I don't. I mean, there's a that's, side that's, of yeah. There's a side of being intelligent, like being able to like what Street people smarts. would call book smart, and then having like. Other lines of intelligence. Like there are sense. people who are great at, like, you know, common sense. Some people are really great at strategy, but maybe you can't add, you know, huge numbers and find the prime number or square root of something, but maybe you can strategize and problem solve really well. So there are people who, there are all types of intelligence and how people move and use them. Uh, so there's that, but there's also, again, if you look at pictures of Michael McLendon, he was not a very strong looking man right he's a smaller guy so that could be a part of it but i also thought that's purpose you know, of like all basic you had to training. do is maybe start with the guards like just right i thought basic the... training was supposed to get you because oh, i've seen some small servicemen like i'm like not tiny but you know like they're lean and yeah. stuff but so like i don't know if that it was just different in the 90s maybe they didn't want to deal with him either right so there's, <laughs> there could be a whole bunch of things um, so that failed, and uh, he decided in September, well, not September, uh, he decided to go next to uh, the police academy. Yeah. That was the next move. They, the next move. I, it, it's like typical Don't mass shooter, serial killer type behavior. Like, I want a position of power and authority, so we're talking about that. Um, but he was discharged from there, um, from the academy, when he failed his physical. Um, he, like... They apparently he had like bills up to like two hundred and twenty seven dollars of medical bills mm. while he was there, so he wasn't doing well there at all. So yeah, like I want to, but that's the other thing I want to like if he's if each of these places he goes and he's constantly being injured or harmed so easily, right? right? So like constant shoulder dislocations, mm-hmm. like are his joints and tendons just not strong? Is he malnourished? Is he not like all the like all the like what? Like typical spaghetti man, right? Because I like I am not the best in the best shape of my life, but right. I'm sturdy. Right? Like I'm I've got some. Uh, what's the word you would use? Um, durability. Oh. You know where I like if you push them, like I'm not gonna pop out of place. You, you know, know how? So, listen, when you were talking about what's the word, I was not gonna interject and say the wrong word and get scolded. <laughs> Just so you know, so I stayed all the way out of that. Yes, durability, come through. I was thinking about it. I figured it out. <laughs> Um, so from then out, I mean, it was a bunch of odd jobs for him and he went from job to job, uh, not really being able to keep one. He worked with his mother, uh, a couple of times. I think they filed a lawsuit for the place they work at, which was Pilgrim Foods. Uh, she had filed a lawsuit about, I guess the wages. Yeah. So um, they were, uh, so what happened is like everyone got laid off. Right? right. And so, I mean, poultry plants are not as... Everything's becoming automated. It was 2006. Right. So around that time, so let's, we have to also paint a picture of what like Southern Alabama looked like about this time. So when you think about, especially when you think about like the socioeconomic political landscape of America today, one of the, one of the major talking points of a lot of elected officials are what we're bringing jobs back. Right. So if you look at the Midwest up north in the Midwest, it's a lot of like 
plants and like mechanical plants and like things like that but down south it was very much textile oriented because like i hate to say it out loud but like cotton and stuff like there's all these things that (laughs) like you know where like that's what would happen you'd be piecing together like clothing and rugs and stuff like that there were Mm -hmm. so many jobs for that but around 2001 2002 automation started becoming more and more prominent if you look back again at like election cycles in 2000 and 96 when they were like we're fearing this thing how are we going to how are we going to stop it these are all the skills we have Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of people going into jobs now or with skills that were being taken over by machines. Right. And so it's a poultry plant. Mm-hmm. A chicken can be defeathered by this machine and you half the time it's going to take Michael right. McClendon to do it right. or his mama to do it. Right. Or this head can be ripped off this body or these other, I don't know how poultry plants really work, but I've seen in YouTube documentaries. But that's my point. That's This is where he's living right. in. So he's bouncing from job to job. He's not really gaining any work-related skills other than like, was this during the recession? This was around the recession time, right? Because Obama was what two thousand eight, right? So it came been afterward. into no, yeah, a little after. Yeah, this is before. Right. So he, but I'm just saying, it was just a, it was just this landscape of of the working landscape of of the South. It's just that if you didn't have, you know, if you didn't have certain skills that were employable, or you can like translate them to other things, you were kind of sol. Mm-hmm. So. It's unfortunate, but you're right. He did he did work with his mama for a while, and they sued, you know. And then he moved on to Kelly Foods, which is guess what, a sausage factory. factory. You know, it's like so again skills. Um, So, but we're going to talk about kind of this is where he ends his working career, right? Um, And so this is right before. So we'll we'll talk about it. So he actually quits this job abruptly, suddenly, without notice. And they 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 talked to him. He was a great. He was a team player. So it's not like so when we talk about. Because this is not a serial, he's not a serial killer, right? He's a, mass. He's a, he's a mass shooter. He's a, he's a, a spree, not even a spree killer. But so when you, when you're talking about this, typically you, there's this, you know, I don't know. There's this idea that they're either weird or loners or they stay mm-hmm. by themselves. I, mean, I think about Dean Coral hiding in the back room of a candy factory. Right. But like this guy was engaged. He was right. like friendly and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to talk about how depression <laughs> looks like that. Right. You know, yeah, sometimes, should, yeah. right? And so. But even that, like they liked him, they celebrated. And he hung out with them. They were they assumed that they were all friends, and mm-hmm. he just suddenly quit this but, job, uh, and no one knew why. Mm-hmm. And they again said he was a team leader. Homeboy had skills, and so this is where I'm talking about like management skills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, well, there's well the the concrete reason um, as to kind of what drove McLendon Mick to kind of what happened next. We talked about how his. His life was kind of uh, disrupted right. when he was younger. We had a divorce and lived with his, pater- his maternal uncle and his wife, his aunt. Um, I think what we really have to kind of talk about is the strain that it put on the family right. that he references in letters that they find later on. And we don't know exactly where the tension came in. A lot of it was that he felt he and his mom were unsupported yeah, they afterward. Were, like right. no one came alongside us to love on us and help us out if we were hungry or needed food, which I'm imagining if they're bouncing from job to job that maybe they were struggling, struggling yeah. and nobody was helping. And so Checking there's all in the, on it, right. yeah. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm guilty of that too. And I see, I, I got family members that are always going through something. And I'm like, look, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> So hit me up when you need something. Right. But maybe he was and nobody was reaching out. So there's all these things that came alongside. Um, I'm sorry. That came along with it. I mean, then we talk about the other piece of it where you talk about kind of disruption in family dynamic and home environment. 
um, increases the likelihood that people do experience depression right. and anxiety. And uh, <laughs> not only that, because, you know, there's that family piece, but there was a lot of um, personal mm-hmm. career, like, loss, you know, loss, failure. failure um, nothing seemed to work out right. for Michael. It just, nothing seemed yeah. to work out. Every thing he tried. I mean, and then I think part of the thing about him quitting the last job was like, this is the first time something's working out for me and I don't know how to deal with this. Well, yeah, I think that that definitely had a, a sense to do with it. And we're right. gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of things that we think yeah. he saw that weren't real, real? Yeah. or true, right? And so, but yeah, so there's definitely a sense of inadequacy that he had. He never truly found something that was kind of his own. Right. Um, but we all tend to fall on kind of that the pent up aggression right. towards his family and the anger and frustration and resentment that he had. And so he just suddenly quits his job March fourth. Uh, a week prior to everything going down. And then on March 9th, I'll get things right. On March 9th, uh, he actually goes and he purchases ammunition for automatic weapons. Right. And he has a he has a license and a right. permit for a gun, but for a handgun, not for automatic weapons. Yes, sir. And so what does not, I mean, we talk about background checks and things being around. It doesn't matter. But like this should, <laughs> red flags are happening everywhere. And, and that's just what I'm, I'm not getting How into. How are you the store clerk and you don't see somebody buy all this ammunition and you don't say like, Because hmm. I, I think I would be like, hmm. Right. I mean, but then it's a gun store. Like, it's like, like everyone comes in and buys a crap ton of ammunition. I mean, we'll go but. into like the crap ton of ammunition that was fine, but it was a lot. It was it was a lot, but how you know he's not buying it to? There should be a limit on that. I we can't we're not here to just to discuss that. Um, But yeah, so on March tenth, however, two thousand nine, McLendon suits up with a bulletproof vest, stuffs it full of ammunition, and he's ready to go with four guns, two military assault rifles, yes, a handgun, and a shotgun. Yikes! Yikes! I know you don't like the gory stuff, but I we're mean, here now. Here we are. We're here. Um, and his kind of deadly assault starts right at home. Right. Where, you know, with his mom, he actually shoots uh, Lisa White McLendon. We mentioned her. Right. At this point, she's 52 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shoots her and her dogs. Mm-hmm. And what he does next is he lays them on the couch and he soaks them with paint thinner. Mm-hmm. And he threw a whole bunch of stuff on top, on top of her, of towels, her, yes. clothes, all that, that stuff. I was going to say that. I was going to contribute oh. to this oh, part. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Feel free. <laughs> so he puts a whole bunch of things on top of her, including the uh, gas, and he sets her on fire. This is where he starts a fire. Yeah, which is... That's all for me. <laughs> into, yes. No, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> but it, it's but obviously intense, and we can have conversations again after we talk about what he does and kind right. of like why he does what he does. Right. Um, but so it, it gets really uh, intense, actually, because from there, Michael drives his, in this article specifies, he drove a Mitsubishi Eclipse, which is a car I've always wanted when I was younger. Makes sense. Right. But now I drive an SUV and I'm like, I need this. But <laughs> drives south uh, to Samson mm-hmm. to where he's, where his family, his cousins live and it's, it's great, right? He's going to go visit. No. This oh, by the way, this town is only two thousand people there. Right, that's important. It's very small. Very small. I mean, you know what's going on in your town, and you don't have to watch the news. No, right. Everyone, uh, I could tell you stories about my grandma and how my grandma used to talk about how things would happen at her school, and by the time she got home, everybody and their mama was already talking about it. And this is in the nineteen forties, right? So in Mississippi, 
in a town of 100. So, <laughs> and we, we all talk about it. She didn't go to school in her town, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, but so he went down to the home of his uncle, James White, and his aunt Phyllis. Um, and they were on their porch with their daughter, Tracy, uh, and her son, their grand, their grandson, Dean, and one of the families that lived across the street, Andrea Myers and her, and her, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> Andrea Myers. <laughs> My throat was really dry, guys. Uh, Andrea Myers, her 18 month old daughter, Corin, which is a Corinne, I'm sorry, which is a beautiful name. I always love that name. Right. And a four month old, Ella. And Michael McClendon's great aunt, Virginia, was in her trailer that was in the white side yard. So this is their typical, like, close-knit family. Everyone's kind of together, and it's, like, really community piece. And actually, one of the neighbors um, who was there and was witness to everything going down says that he had never said a word the entire time this happens. He never said anything. And so what ends up happening is that he pulls up in front of his uncle's house and begins shooting at all the family members that are on the porch. Right. So he ends up taking out everyone except for four-month-old Ella and Phyllis, his aunt, who had actually ran through the house, and Michael chases her through the back. Um, And what happened, the only thing that saved them, or saved them, I'm sorry, was that Michael's gun actually ends up jamming. And so this is... It's like this guy is clearly family's family is it family is the cause family is the issue, um, and so what happens is he actually gets back into his eclipse and speeds off. And as he's speeding off, he's got this auto, this uh, this assault rifle spraying bullets through the street, right? And so the neighbor I mentioned who said that he never said a word. His name was Tom Knowles. Right. His wife Alina, I'm sorry, yeah, actually comes out and saves uh, Ella. Right? right, crying, covered in blood. But what happens next is terrifying. Is that Michael comes back after? Yeah, to look right. for his aunt. He's, right, right. And so he realizes he doesn't get her. Right. Realizes, you know, and comes back in an attempt to take her out again. Mm-hmm. And while and while he comes back around, the neighbors are shouting, "You know, we don't know you. We have nothing to yeah, do with we this. Didn't Please do anything. go." Yeah, and he's. Kind of concedes. They actually describe him at this point like completely like what you hear from most people, yeah. dead in the eyes, like no, like it looks like maybe even zombieish, like just completely dead when they oh, look yeah. at him. So I don't know if anyone's ever experienced any like violence before. Um and I don't wanna re I don't wanna re traumatize anyone or trigger anybody. But yeah, so if you've ever been a victim of personal violence, whether it be like an assault of any kind or abuse of any kind, usually, like, if you look in the person's eyes, it's almost like they're not there. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a judicial marshal, and some of the people that she works with, she's like, some of them, like, are like that all the time. Yeah. Who have, like, really violent backgrounds. She's like, some of them are like that all the time. And it's like, where, like, where do you go? Right. You know, when that, when those things happen. So it's, it's, dev- it's terrifying, mm-hmm. especially if you, if you are aware of who they are, you know them personally, and they're looking through you. And so it's that moment where you realize there's no, there's no kind of negotiating. There's no unless he automatically snaps out of it by right. some miracle. And so it's I can I can only imagine how terrifying that is this yeah. could be. And so he ends up moving on, and he kills James Starling, um, whose family just moved into town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mr. Starling had two kids. Um, he was walking down the street, and he tried to run, but he ends up getting shot in the back. Back right. Yeah. And they came back around the corner again, 
Again, so this is now he's just full on yeah. murder spree. This is no, these aren't people he knows. Yeah. These are just people who just happen to be in the way. This time he just can't stop. Right. He's already started. It's very, it was almost like Elliot Rogers esque, where right. it's like, I'm here. Like, so this I'm, is this is what I'm doing. Yeah. This is happening. Um, and he comes back around the corner and he kills Sonia, uh, Sonia Smith, who's 43, outside of a convenience store, um, and injures Greg McCullough and Jeffrey Nelson, um, who are also nearby. And so at this point, he starts heading down uh, towards Geneva. He's apparently on Main Street. And at this point, he's also being pursued by, by police, police who try to use like a pit maneuver. If you've never seen. I had like, no idea what yeah, this was. I, was I, I saw it in the article and I was like, I know what this is. So if you've ever seen a movie and you've seen the cops like head off a speeding car or try to like ram them into like and, a. Yeah. And to get them off the road. That is what you're. That's what that oh, is. Okay. And it did not work it didn't stop him it didn't stop him it didn't stop work. Now. part of it part of it is the fact that he was driving a pretty fast car you know in a small car too. i don't so remember the eclipse they were small coupes ah and okay. a lot of them were v6s and they're maneuverable where you get, where the you wheelbase get the money is very nice short what'd you say where you get the money for the next car i don't know it might not have been a new it might not have been a newer eclipse but at the same time they're small and quick and fast and again small wheelbases small turning axes all those things so he could have been maneuvering pretty well i mean right. if you live in the south especially in southern alabama or if there's wide open roads you could be practicing how to drive wild if you want to so he was totally gunning and so they tried ramming his car they tried shooting at him with the rifle right. nothing and then he shot into one of the patrol cars right um and almost kills an officer mm-hmm. Um, but he evades the roadblock, shoots away. Again, he actually clips one. Of, he actually clips the police chief in the shoulder right. while he's shooting and just kind of spraying bullets. Right. And so, what is really interesting, and I think we can mention this now. Right. But I don't think it's interesting, but what's really sad, uh, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, is that one of the officers in pursuit, Josh Myers. Mm-hmm. Well, it was his family that was on the White's porch that so, gets gunned down. Andrea and the daughter, which right. was what? Corin. Corin, yeah. Corin, sorry. Corin, yeah. Corin, Corin, Corin. You like. Right. So Andrea and Corin are killed, and Ella survives. Right. So at this time, he doesn't even know as he's pursuing that Michael man, that he had lost his family. Right. And so, like, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible, like, roundabout way for everybody. Right. And eventually, he ends up way back at reliable foods his old employer and ends ends up in a standoff in a shootout right outside of the factory with police and once he realizes that he is not going to win this yeah, right that out. there's no that there's no way of kind of getting out of this alive at this point like you've already raised the stakes to you are a threat they're going to probably put you down he goes inside and turns the gun on himself and takes his own life mm-hmm. yeah this whole spree took about an hour mm. um and after the hour, he was found dead. Yeah, it was. 17. Yeah, man, it wasn't a, it wasn't very long. But again, it just seemed. Right, it's a lot of damage for an hour. Right, but also what, what struck me was that it seemed really intentional in the beginning and then just lost control, like lost all kind of strategy or anything. Once he pulled up to the porch, and it's like, I don't know, like, that's what I think he, there was almost like this ritualistic, like, a ceremonious goodbye for his mother. Right. Like, I'm going to light this in fire, let fire. you get your dogs, like, let you, right. like, and then he gets up to the porch and it's almost like rage, rage takes over. Yeah. Like, something about this uncle and aunt are frustrating to him, are angering it's him. It's very interesting. This was the same uncle and aunt, I believe, that raised it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's very interesting to me. I, I, you know, like, 
I'm not going to make excuses for him, but there has to be something else that went on too. If oh, it's yeah. not what we're about to talk about, it could be both. Well, that's what uh, that's what I'm saying. I think that there, I mean, there two things could be true at one time, right? Right. And so there's there's got to be something else that happens. That's why we talked we talked about this with like Jeffrey Dahmer, like when his in his youth. Like there are sometimes where people are just off, right? But Absolutely. typically for the for the things he was doing, there there needs there's usually a trigger point, right? So or an access where something turns, right? So we know on the show we don't say mental health is the only cause, right? You know, it could be one of the causes, but there's usually something right. else, and that's why you know I hate when they have like mass shootings or like they always blame the mental health, but no, there's usually things that came before right. that triggered it because your average human being walking the earth typically has a mental health con- yeah. health condition and you don't deal with this all the time. Right. It's just varying levels of it. I mean, there are people, again, it's like there are places or instances and events where your mental health and your mental illnesses are like your symptoms are exacerbated by the events trauma. and circumstances that are right. taking place around you or that lead you to a certain thing. Like if we talk about the shooter in Las Vegas, right? right? Like clearly not like all well, right? right? And what, the things that led up to it was more so like more of a radicalization as opposed to a... Right. Like in that. So there's like, there are all these things right. that happen that we, that that's nuances what we're trying to say. But there's discussions that need to be Definitely had. this story, I feel like there's a compound because yeah. it was so internal like my family and it was not like other yeah. i mean the he had so much ammunition they thought maybe he was gonna kill other people right he was going to war yeah but there was like no proof and it was just so directly towards his family right that that it just like you could tell that it was personal right right but then we're gonna talk about i mean what kind of what happens afterward because once like things i don't want to say have calmed right but there's They've they've scoured the house. They're looking into the White House. They're looking at the McClendon home, mm-hmm. home, home. <laughs> I can't talk tonight. And they're looking for like things that would give you pause or things that would give insight into what happens. And so they start finding things. They find his mass amount of survivalist gear, his bulletproof vests, and his water jugs, and all these things. Things right. that he would think he's preparing for the end of the for world, the end of the almost world, right. or almost. Like this major confrontation, like Again, that he like, would need to protect himself or maybe his family or his mother from. We also have to remember, like he was around during the Y two K thing and was kind of lucid. If he had a like mental health issue then, mm-hmm. and he lived through the whole Y two K thing, it could have been the reason why this all started with the survivalism. Well, that that's actually very true because that would have been around the same time. It was around the same time. Yeah, yeah, early so like two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So, so gearing up, make sure everyone turn your computers off. Because a lot of people got into survivalism because of the Y2K. whole Y2K thing. Yeah, the end of the world was coming. Yeah. yeah. So. I slept through it. <laughs> like My mama didn't let me stay up. She was like, go to bed. <laughs> so I woke up and it was 2000. <laughs> so that's all I remember. Uh, but yeah, so they, they found all that stuff. But not only did they find his gear, they found letters. letters yes. Which are the best look and lens into what someone is thinking before they do something terrible like this. So in one of the letters, he says, Moma, which is his mom, was very sick, had lung cancer, I think. So I put her out of her misery. She wanted to die with her dogs, and she did. I put the dogs to sleep as well. I couldn't leave this world knowing what would happen to our dogs. Moma didn't know what hit her. I shot her while she was asleep. She never knew what hit her, nor did the dogs. That was just a little bit of the letter. So in the beginning portion, he states that he thought his mom had lung cancer. Right. Um, 
although when looking back at the hospital records, you know, after they examined her body, they couldn't find any proof that she had lung cancer at all. But for some reason, he had this, I guess I want to say preoccupation that she was sick. Right. So that and I guess there was some family issues with the Bible, but now it's making me question that. Well, Even. I well was they, there beef no. or was so this the in Bible head? was a real thing. Okay. So the Bible was something that they had actually talked about, and lawyers were called, and police oh, were geez. called about it. And so the problem with the Bible, I don't know what the significance of this specific family Bible was, who it belonged to. Right. Um, but the other, I, I, I think the whites actually had it. Right, they did. And so, and because, and that might have been something too, but there, I remember them sending letters saying that he was overreacting about it and being way too dramatic about this Bible. Right. So I know in the Bible, I know that I did read something about the mom having a picture in a Bible Mm. of him when he was a baby and stating that he was like one of her blessings. I don't know why, if that was maybe why he was so connected to the Bible and having the Bible for his mother, but it just seemed like he had a lot of preconceived notions, overreactions, a little bit of paranoia where we're thinking, okay, could he have been suffering from schizophrenia the whole time? Yeah, I, I, I think that it's it's so weird that you would kind of ascribe such an illness to a person. Like lung cancer is something where, right. especially if someone's suffering, it's something that's very visible and clearly painful for them. So, I mean, where did he get it from? Was yeah. it like you mentioned off mic, did his mom mention that she was sick? Right. And or he took it to another he, level. And it went up like, of course she's got lung cancer because right. X, Y, and Z, you know, right. it's the toxins and the chemtrail. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But maybe he was a conspiracy theorist as well, which is not far from being stuck on the survivalist trend either. Right. The other thing they found in letters were lists of names. Right. Of family members. Some of which who had been killed in it. And co-workers. And co-workers. And what's, what's weird is it's not just any co-workers. It was co-workers that had been any part of any disciplinary action against him. Right. Anybody who's ever supervised him and did quote-unquote wrong, wrong by, by him. him. yeah. And so he clearly had vendettas. He clearly had issues with them. Yeah. And so it's just this weird... Revenge. Yeah, like this... this it's, it's almost like, okay... He took little things and right. blew them out way out of proportion. Right. This is why we're thinking, okay, this mental health has to be involved along with compounded with the survivalism, a compounded with mom was sick. Like right. all of that together, it's it's just it's just a blown up like thought process. It's almost like yeah. where everybody would have taken things out of two, he took it out of like a five hundred. Well, there's I mean, there's definitely things like it's the problem is that I there's no evidence of like rage prior but one of his classmates actually said that everyone was so close they were like family right you know so anything that was different or off about michael mclendon somebody would have noticed typically they said he was quiet which is your typical go-to but also he was 28 this is 20s males in the 20s this is where a lot of like symptoms start to show up when it comes to mental health too especially with the more serious uh yeah, the diagnosis. And we talked about we talk about this all the time, or at least in earlier episodes when it came up a lot. Was in your twenties, like mid to late twenties, is typically, or sometimes even early. So I was like yeah, early, early to late twenties. The whole twenties, right, is, like, is when mental illness becomes not just an issue for you, but people bring it up to you, right? And it's because you're outside of people who are used to your brand of quote unquote kind of 
idiosyncrasy or like right. personality behavior. and behavior. So if you go to college, typically someone's like, bro, that's not Some, okay. Yeah, if you off. go to work, people are like, this behavior is unacceptable. Yeah, so, you know, where so his family was like, survivalism. Oh, he's just preparing. They probably saw the Y2K thing and people, other people were doing the whole survivalism. They right. thought, you know, whatever. No, he's he's a- just following trends. Yeah. So like, that's what happens is when you're around your people, people just assume you're being you. And maybe they've nurtured or ignored things that weren't all right as in, ascribed it to things and pieces of your personality. And then you get outside of that and people let you know these are lines you can't cross. And I think that might be what happened when he was at work and why those people, any disciplinarian action was probably like, hey, that's not okay. Correct this behavior. That's not okay. Correct this behavior. And maybe he wasn't doing anything wrong because his last job, everyone liked him and he was leading the team. So maybe he did learn from that. So there's all these pieces that go into Michael McLendon. Mm -hmm. And, but again, I see, I see this really like concerted effort in the beginning to have this very respectful end, quote unquote, for his mother, mm-hmm. and then the minute he gets to the white home, it mm-hmm. is yeah, gloves are like off. All hell everyone loose. catches it, and after yeah. that point, everyone's open, like fair like, game. Right, and he's right. killing babies, and he's killing people on the street who right. have nothing to do with him. He's just spraying bullets, hoping to hit someone. Yeah. And so I wish that I, I wish that there was so much more. You know, one of um, the things they said is everyone who could have spoken to what was going on with Michael is dead, dead. now. So yeah. Right, and so I mean, part of me want, would want to know, like, if he had not, um, like, taken his own life, what would it look like? But he had actually, I was reading in an article, probably would have gotten shot by the police. What'd you say? He probably would have gotten shot by the police. Oh, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Like he, like he would have gotten taken out. But mm-hmm. if he hadn't, mm-hmm. um, I know that. Oh, what was I reading? I was reading in NBC News that he, uh man, who's who was his Barry Tucker, um. There we go. So Barry Tucker, who is a, uh, what is he? I don't know what he is. Is he an investigator in the Alabama Bureau of Investigation? But he had actually opened up um, to a coworker a few weeks, a few weeks in actually days before um, about his depression, him being frustrated with his inability to really succeed at anything. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was feeling really depressed and unfulfilled. Right. And he talked about like the fact that he wasn't getting the fulfillment in this jobs that he was doing. He wasn't being celebrated or acknowledged in the jobs he was doing. And that's, that was a problem for him. But he says these things right. at a job where people are saying great right. things they about are saying him great things. and are saying nice things about him. So not saying that, hey, you're not adequate. They're saying you're so adequate that you're a team leader, that you are in line for management positions. Right. You know, so it's, it's just so strange that, um, I don't know that that's what happened. But one of the things that they also found in the house, because the house was on fire, remember that? Right. You know, McClendon House was being so up in flames by the time someone got to it and they discovered the bodies. But what they also found was dozens of charred DVDs of how to commit acts of violence. Right. And so, again, so he was, what was it, about, I think, 30 or 40 violent CDs and DVDs. Um, and they were trying to figure out who manufactured them, mm-hmm. but there was a DVD that showed how to shoot from a moving car. So like he was teaching right. himself to do how this. To do this yeah. So it wasn't something that just snapped. Right. He clearly was planning, planning on it. this. Maybe right. the day didn't matter because he quit a whole week prior to it. So mm-hmm. maybe you don't know that, that he whole th- meant week to he... do it that day, right. and or that was the week that he was trying to talk himself out of it. Right. Like there was just a lot of things that went down, but it was I think it's a combination of like so many things, like life instances, mm-hmm. possible trauma that went on. That went unreported or on un, or undisclosed in general because everyone who could talk about it is gone. now deceased. Right. 
you know, mental illness could clearly be uh, uh, an issue for it. But now mm-hmm. also we talk about the radicalization. Like right. you watching super violent things and the things that you're picturing you could do to people who harmed you. Right. And it's, it's going to escalate. Now you have access because you have a permit. Right. For a gun, you have access to buy the means to, to end people's lives. There's all these things that went to Michael McLendon's story. And again, I am not an apologist. I'm just no. saying these are things Absolutely. that Absolutely. And every crime story is a combination <laughs> of factors when it comes to both the victim and the, the perpetrator. Absolutely. So it's, it's just a fact when you get into criminology, there is multiple factors, usually for most yeah. stories. Most things are folding over, but that is... It man, and so yeah. and it, it yeah, sucks because yeah, there's yeah. no there's no peace like to this. It's right. just it ends in death and questions, yeah, yeah. which is my least favorite type of case because it makes me feel bad at the end. Because well, I mean, usually there's a, a justice piece. You I could, can say. Yeah, there's usually a court. Case I mean, some people would say the suicide piece is justice. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very wary to celebrate death and anyone's right. death. It's like I'm I, Jesus looking at me and I'm looking at him like. <laughs> You, you made my brain this way. This is why I'm interested in this. I'm not celebrating anything. Because God forbid I get struck down for saying something wild. But mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, that's that's, that's how this case ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you keep saying that. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, hunger? Yeah, I'm starving. I, I want grits. So, that's so random. Um, there's something grits I want to say. Grits is so heavy for the night. It's heavy food. Girl, I'm fat. Food. I don't care about <laughs> food being heavy for the night. If I was eating spinach and whatever, artichoke hearts, I would care, but I'm not. What um, were you going to say? I don't remember. If it's not important, I was thinking about someone's name and I had it halfway through the episode and forgot it. Uh, I meant to write it down. I didn't. From the beginning, we yeah. forgot. Uh... Is it Heather? Is that Heather? It's not Heather. But if anybody wants, if you, if you want to tell people where they could possibly find you on the internet. They could find me on Instagram and occasionally on Twitter. Um uh, at uh, the name being wow. <laughs> D's online. That is D E E underscore S and then online. Uh because I change my stuff all the time. And that's what it is, I guess, for now. Until the person who has D who has a check verification mark gets out of They're Instagram. Nah, I know. I'm never going to get yeah, that. But the Charnel Instagram handle is held by someone who's never posted and they have zero. <laughs> and I was like, Instagram, just delete it so I can get it because no one's going to ask for that but me. Um, but uh, the name, her name is Hannah. That's what I kept forgetting. Hi, I was Hannah. like, Heather, it's not. It's Hannah. Thank Sorry, you, Hannah, he forgot Hannah your McInnes. name, girlfriend. I know. She. I feel so bad because we talked so much. She's actually, she, um, yeah, you're the one. Yeah. Where's my wedding invitation? That's the question I'm looking for. Uh, I'm trying to turn up with you guys. I'm joking. He's not lying. really. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Where are you going to fly out to? Anyway. Okay. So thank you so much for being a sweetheart. Mel-C. She was also like, I'm sending you a care package. I was like, you don't have to. But Mel-C. if you do, I like gummy worms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, but you can find me on the internet. I'm everywhere because that's where the people are. Um, I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. I live on Twitter because again, it's where the people are. Uh, Twitter's ghetto. It is, and that's why I thrive. I can't. I can't. Yeah. One of us is uppity as all hell, and I am not. Um, but you can find me there. It's at Charnel B. It's C H A R N E I L B. Um, you can find the podcast on Instagram, Twitter. Um, at What Did You Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, follow us, like us, join the crew. I literally stalk the crew, but I never say anything. I won't say things. Weirdo. So <laughs> join the What Did You crew. It's fun. Um, like I said, 
Uh, enjoy it. Check out the website. Patreon, Patreon episodes. I can't talk. It's coming out by the end of this week because it's the end of this term for me. So I am tired and my week kind of opens up after this. So. All right, kiddos. If there's nothing else of all hearts and minds are pleased and satisfied and stuff, we will see you in probably less than two weeks because I have things going on. I'm not going to make any promises. I'm going to just sit here and be quiet because. Be <laughs> because I'm tired of making you wait. But until next time, keep your hands clean, make good choices. Mm-hmm. Um, Corona's out there, so seriously, keep your hands clean. Like, yeah, wash, wash, wash your, your hands. hands. <laughs> wash your hands. Sanitizer won't do it because sanitizer kills bacteria. Corona is a virus. Those right. are two different things. Wash, wash your hands. It is a like it's a concealed or was it a whatever virus where soap helps you know weaken the layer on the virus and kills it as opposed right. to alcohol won't do anything. Right. So. Keep your hands clean. Literally, be safe out there. Uh, enjoy the warm weather if it's warming up where you are, if it's still warm where you are, whatever. It's been real. 